Hello, and welcome to The Tattooed Mind, a podcast where we explore the intersection of mental health, self-care, and the art of tattooing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories, insights, and inspiration from artists who have struggled and overcome obstacles in their lives and career. My name is Mike Fisher Dubois. Before we get started with today's episode, I would like to make a quick announcement. I'm currently looking for guests to host on the podcast. If you're a tattooer and you have a story that you would like to share that you think would benefit others to hear, please reach out. You can contact me on Instagram at the.tattooed.mind or on my personal Instagram at mike.fd.tattoos. You can also find me on Facebook. I look forward to getting to share more stories like Brigida's that you're about to hear. Briggy is a Hungarian-born tattooer who apprenticed in the United Kingdom and worked there for many years before moving to Chicago and now soon Miami. Briggy often uses her humor as well as her artwork to connect with the people in the community she has been transplanted into. She's a wonderful human being and a dear friend of mine. And I'm really looking forward to getting to hear her story from her. I'm Brigitte Mate. Hopefully, very soon I'm changing my name to Planson. <laughs> and then my tattoo name is what most of the people know me about, and it's Brigitte Backside. I do mainly realistic tattoos, but I love to do like very dark, crusty black work too. I think I'm specialized at like much more portraits, like horror portraits. I'm originally from Hungary, but uh, I lived and tattooed in the UK for about, you know, 12 years. So I'm doing this for about 12, 12 years. And I started my journey there. And that's when I met my husband. And that's how I got here. And now I'm in Chicago <laughs> and soon to be in Miami. I'm coming from a very small town in Hungary. And, you know, I, uh, my major was history, so it had nothing to do with tattoos. When I finished with university, I almost uh, died on the way home. <laughs> All in my life, I was looking up, you know, to the sky and being scared of something falling in my head. And then on that very last day, when I was so happy that finally I'm off of university, something almost fell on my head from a building and it almost... Uh, crushed my head like literally I stepped back like you know an inch and that's how I survived and then that day I decided that I don't want to stay in my country I mean it was already like forming in my head because um people are pretty depressed in my country and there is not really a lot of opportunity and because it's a small country everyone working hard to become something big to be well known to be a celebrity and um you know, you always need to know someone to be somewhere. So I didn't really like the dynamic of that. And um, that day I decided like, okay, I give a week for myself and I'm leaving this country. So I left and I was looking up in some, I don't know, some creepy web pages, like some job opportunities in the UK. And I found flower picking. God knows how 
uh, I ended up picking flowers in a field somewhere. Uh, <laughs> somewhere, where was I? In Lincolnshire, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in the UK. So that's how I started with um, some um, very creepy Russian group who tried to take away people's passports. But thanks God, I already talk English, so um, we left for a better job as fast as we could. And I ended up working in a flower factory, then for Tesco. And we had this opportunity after like months of trying to find a better um, quality of life, you know, a better job, that I moved to the Channel Islands and I became a waitress. And I've never did, you know, waiting before. And it was silver service, so it was pretty serious. And my English was okay, but it was very far from being good. So I need to like serve kind of like uh, rich people from the UK coming to um, holiday and vacation in this tiny island where there is like, I think it was like 40 people living there. There is like not even any cars and um, good stuff that the puffins are nesting <laughs> in the island. So it was fun. It was really hard uh, in the beginning, especially because I wasn't speaking good English. And that's how my name came backside, actually. I became pretty good at waiting and um, I became a supervisor. And when there were like new people coming to the restaurant to become a wait waitress or a waiter, I trained them. And I thought that the back room is called backside. So I kept telling to these new kids to like, you know, bring out some forks from my backside. And everyone would like laugh at me so hard. And I was like, oh my God, why are they laughing at me? I know that my accent is funny, but like, what could go wrong? One of my friends was kind enough after a week um, to tell me like, no, backside actually means bum. And then I was like laughing so hard and this name just ticked on me. And, you know, after everyone just called me like backside. And <laughs> that's how um, I chose this for my um, tattoo name. Because this is this was the period when I actually thought that, you know, I don't want to work like 69 hours a week for like, I think my weekly salary was $280 for like 69 hours of work. And uh, however, that money was still um, way better than the Hungarian uh, salary. I was like, I don't want to do this forever. And... I was uh, drawing very early uh, since kindergarten and it was always my passion. But my um, parents that time didn't really want me to pursue this dream because obviously how hard it is to get a job in Hungary. Um, and they thought like, I'm not going to be able to make a living from art. So that's when I started my journey. I started to like draw between my shifts. And I think that was one of my hardest period um, because I had morning shifts and night shifts and the morning shifts ended around one and my night shift started at around six until one in the morning. And my morning shift after started at like 6.37. So in between these times, I was apprenticing in a different island. So I need to quickly have my lunch, hop on the ferry, go apprentice, uh, hop on the ferry back way, and then start my night shift. I did that for about six months um, to eight months. And then 
after I decided to move back to the mainland and actually start to apply for uh, proper studios, um, it was also hard to find apprenticeship. Um, my dream studio, they closed the door for, on me, probably for multiple reasons. Um, my drawings were not as good that time, I think. I did like cabbages instead of roses, and I was so proud of myself, you know. I was like, ah, I can really do this. And <laughs> I, I started with some like traditional and neo-traditional style. And at that time, I was like, I think copying a lot of other artists or, you know, um, trying to learn like a solid outline. Because I always thought like, if you have like a solid line work, then you can go somewhere. <laughs> well, now you need way more than that. But yeah, uh, it helped me to start. And um, for some reason, I always got lucky. Even if my work wasn't particularly good. <laughs> I got a job in, um, in the middle of nowhere uh, in the UK. Uh, it's called Spalding. <laughs> And then Basingstoke, where I was starting my career. Um, and yeah, I was just working really hard. I didn't have holidays for a few years. Like I was working six, seven days a week, um, trying to obviously make a good living and mainly practice and be, you know, good enough that I can actually start charging normal money for my tattoos so for a long time i think we all works for like you know little chips kind of food and being out for like living somewhere because back in the time it wasn't this blooming as now so back in the time it was weird to have female artists um when i started to work at my friend's shop uh, down in Bournemouth, that's when my good life started and um it was so weird because we look very similar. She also has a long blonde hair. And uh, every time we had like uh, a client coming in, they always started to talk to the guy's friend next to us because they assumed that he's the tattoo artist. And then when we started to say like, no, 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 it's us. So, you know, Natalie is doing uh, her Disney stuff and I'm doing, you know, the Porsche stuff. They were all kind of got like freaked out and a lot of times they left because they kind of seen women or female tattoo artists um, who would only do like cute stuff, you know, flowers or, um, you know, cute little figurines and um, they would not trust that much, you know, with us for like more serious stuff. So I had a lot of people asking like, yeah, but can you do it? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I try. <laughs> we will see. So that was like, you know, the language and then working your, your way up to this point, I think, which was like really hard. I'm not talking about like, you know, how um, I struggled a lot and I still do not fitting in. And not just because my tattoos, because um, that's one thing. I don't even, I forget about me having them. So I seen this meme recently um, on the internet when this guy is like on the bus, stepping on the seat next to him, like, come on, sit down, sit next to me. 
like I was like smiling with everyone in London on the bus and a lot of times they wouldn't sit next to me just because I look scary or intimidating. Um, and I, I really, I, I, I'm kind of sweet. Like I don't, I'm not like, <laughs> I don't bite. Uh, I mean, unless you are a hamburger, but yeah, so, um, so yeah, like, um, I always felt a little bit like an outsider just because, uh, um, I always felt even if I lived this long in England and I gained my friends, um, still it took me a long time because people in different cultures, they, they different, um, in ways like, so in Hungary, I have really good friends, very close friends. We like to talk, you know, very deeply. We share every, you know, deep desire, everything, what we think with each other. So they are kind of like my sisters and brothers. And that level is very hard for me to reach. Um, so in the UK, I, I got lucky to reach with a few people, but it took me like 10 years. So for about five years, I didn't even have friends that much. I had like buddies or mates. And um, that's really hard for me. Like I don't like that too much. Uh, you know, I like to um, get under the surface level. And actually build up like strong relationships because then I feel really good. If I don't have that, then I just feel like I'm fake, you know? And that that's my biggest struggle. Like, because I feel like people think from me that I'm coming all hard, you know, that I'm very raw. I speak what, what's in my mind. And maybe they even think I'm rude because of it. Um so yeah, it's really hard to find my people, you know, like, uh, cool. Um, I can feel fun, you know, and I can be myself and I can literally share my everyday things. A lot of times I feel even with colleagues that, oh yeah, you're okay. I want to know how are you, but I only want to know it for like, for a sentence. And then, and then please go ahead and do your stuff. And I'm not like this. I'm coming from a London studio where we all went out after work. You know, we all um, knew everything about each other. And we didn't judge. We tried to, like, solve the problems. You know, not like, ooh, keep that at home sort of thing, you know. So I'm still hoping to find, like, a very close um, tattoo family, you know, um, I've been lucky here too, like um, in Chicago. I'm not saying that I earned like a lot of very, very, very good friends, like very, very close friends, but I did earn a hand, uh, you know, a handful. Um, one of them is you, actually. <laughs> and that's for sure. And um, I'm lucky because not a lot of people can say that they have even this many people in their lives, you know. But um I do, I do feel like struggling with this, especially um, when I got pregnant and then even less people were like, you know, trying to, I just felt like really not normal when I was pregnant because no one wanted to hang out because they thought like, whoa, she's, you know, she should be at home in quiet. But yeah, that's the other thing, like, getting pregnant, getting married, and, you know, live a bit far away from my family. These are also big struggles, um, especially COVID. 
not be able to go home, you know, waiting for our green card. Um, and then all this vaccine misery and then losing my aunt uh, and then not being able to go home to her funeral because of the COVID, you know, and then, you know, family and friends and just struggling with, be, you know, being like parents and Eric doing his uh, school at the same time. And then trying to like juggle between like the work, uh, family, you know, being a mother, being a professional, and then also being my own assistant. So <laughs> answering emails and keeping up with work, it's been really hard. But um, that's what I'm hoping from moving to Miami now. And Eric is finishing his school that we're going to be able to like share everything um, way more. And then I'm going to have more time to like create. You know, and uh, finally, um, level up a little bit with a bit of spice, you know, in my work, because I just feel like I couldn't really, like, be there. I'm there. Uh, so I'm telling my clients, if they listen, like, don't worry, I was there when I was doing your tattoo. <laughs> but I'm just feeling that I want to, like, get people who want all my crazy ideas, you know, and um, they would be willing to tattooed whatever I you know creating my head that's hopefully my next level well those are the dream clients right oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm yeah. sure you'll get them you'll find your little niche with them when you move and the nice thing about Florida is it's like kind of a hub from a lot of places I'm not that Chicago isn't but you know you yeah, so a lot of people cool. yeah a lot of people want a vacation there so they'll come they'll get a vacation in, they'll get tattooed, they'll go to the beach and ruin the tattoo. Like, it's oh, perfect. yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. I mean, it's safe to jump down here, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, thank you so much for sharing. That's just you know, I so, uh, for anyone listening, I've known Briggy for years. We worked together at Speakeasy. Um, she was in my wedding, I went to her wedding, you know, um, like we're, we're good friends, so um. It's just great because, you know, all this was sort of stuff that I knew and you've told me before, uh, but like it was all in bits and pieces. And sometimes it was stuff that I just sort of inferred from like other things you said. So it's just really cool to kind of get to sit down and hear you talk about it in one chunk because we don't get those experiences with people a lot here. No. That sounds like there was something that when you were in Hungary growing up, that was a really common thing to kind of have like bigger, deeper, more meaningful conversations with people. Yeah. Our fun, like how we socialize is normally we go into, you know, a pub and then next to um, a beer, we have like deeper, like political conversations. And here it's kind of like a no-no. Like if you sit down with someone with a beer and have political conversation, you're going to get up being an enemy. So <laughs> it's like a very slippery slope, you know, it's like somewhere you don't want to step. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I miss that because I think people should be able to have an empowering argument. You know, I hear you. That's your thing. You should hear me too. This is my thing. And then we doesn't need to agree, but we can stand up and still be friends and meet again and talk about it again. It's all about sharing. It doesn't necessarily need to be like manipulating or trying to make the other people, you know, on your side, because we are all different. 
yeah. you know, and all coming from different families. I feel like that sort of empathy that you're describing is something that a lot of us lack. And I know like even like I personally, I never go into a heated discussion, let's call it, with the intention of having it turn into a fight. But you're right. It absolutely always seems like it does. I love it. So I, I love a heated fight. But it's not because, you know, I'm just not afraid of it because we used to. But yeah. uh, even with my husband, I think a lot of people is like afraid of a heating fight. You know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. It's, no. um, it's kind of like it can build your personality, your friendship, and you can get out stronger. Because now we did, you know, each other. I know how you argue and, you know, we can build from there. I know who you are. I know what your opinion is. And I respect you for that. I dislike a lot of things you say, but I still love you because of this and this, you know? I like that. I feel very similarly about people and I've never heard it quite described that way, but that's, that's absolutely right. So going back to your story just a little bit then, mm -hmm. I think it's so telling of your personality that you took the name Backside by choice. Because right, that's something so many people would just be completely embarrassed of, hide their heads yeah. in the sand. But yeah. you, you just rolled with it. A lot of clients were asking me like, oh, did you get this, you know, this name because you love your ass? And I'm like, eh, not really. <laughs> if you know me, that's never a case. Uh, it's kind of because it reminds me of the struggle where I came from, you know, how I started and like how, you know, I make mistakes and... They can be funny. And now it's part of my personality and my business. And it's just where I came from, you know? Yeah. How important do you think it is to try and find humor in those mistakes? Very important. Like, I think uh, humor is everything for me. Like, <laughs> I really like um, a good joke. And, uh, you know, half the reason I married my husband is because he's very funny. Uh, I... That's a new thing what I'm going to try to introduce to my work. So I really hope I can get some black humor and darkness, but still funny stuff into my work in the future. So that's one thing I really want to like show from my personality, I think. When you're having these times when you decide to just look at it with a sense of humor, is that something you're consciously doing? Like, are you... First getting like into a sh shitty kind of dark, like self-loathing spot and then being like, you know what? No, we're going to call this funny. Or it, it, do you just sort of naturally find stuff funny like that? Well, both, but my life is a shit show. So I always, always unlucky. As much as I also come out pretty good from situations, whenever you think that, like something can turn shitty, it normally happens to me. So I, I, I just start to laugh at myself in the end. I'm like, you know what? Let's just turn into like a funny thing because I can always laugh at myself, you know, because it's easier to come over, you know, hard, hard parts if, if I'm just uh, turning it into a good joke because then I'm not going to think about negatively. I don't like to be negative. I try to be positive. So that's how I think my humor comes from even if i'm i have like a very dark humor i still have it in a positive way <laughs> i think 
you definitely are one of the more positive people that I've been blessed to know in my life. Do you think then that that like quick to joke sort of feeling comes from you having to make friends quickly, you know, moving around a lot? Yeah, because without a job, I think you kind of need to become bubbly. I not necessarily like it. I don't love it, but we need to be bubbly. I can very easily like joke around situations and stuff like that. But after I'm kind of like, you know, like I just want to be alone. But it helps me to, you know, just to be friends easier. But then also they take you less seriously because of that. And then you can insult people very easily too. Some people going to be just like, whoa, you know, two steps back. Um, because I'm stepping on their toe, which hurts, you know, it's hard because I want to be very raw and honest and joke with everything, but nowadays you can't. And I respect that, uh, especially if someone tells me, you know, listen, I don't think it's funny. I want an environment where I can be myself, to be honest, and I don't hurt anyone with it. Yeah, that's super hard to get in tattooing. I feel like tattooers, for how much they talk about being tough guys, are really pretty sensitive people a lot of the time and they lack the communication skills to let you know that you upset so they'll just like hold that shit and then all of a sudden somebody's throwing shit at your station or stealing yep. something from you for no reason or whatever yep yeah, yeah. I, I i totally agree like in the uk that was a little bit better was it yeah everyone would be just literally joke around and everything like Honestly, there was times when I found like a leather mask in my top shelf in front of my client. I just opened my shelf and someone just put like a gag mask in there or something. It was just a little bit easier, but that was like the right team always. You know, I chose always the right team. It's hard to always have the same type of people working together if you're not the one who collecting the people in the group, you know? So the dynamic is always up and down, up and down in studios where people comes and goes, you know? Yeah. So there are like a group of people you love to work and then there's a group of people you maybe not that much love to work. And then again, some people who you love to work. So it's just, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. I feel like you have some really good training for being in that sort of situation, being that you've had to kind of meld yourself into so many different cultures throughout your life. Like that creates like this super cool perspective almost. Cause like you, you have to be able to sort of mask really easily. Um, like way, way easier than I can, for example, it's just not a skill set I have. I don't want to, yeah. like I definitely don't want to. Um, but some things you gotta do if you want to stay in a workplace. Right. Um, obviously. The only thing I always follow, and it always worked really good for me, if someone tells you something, you just don't say anything. <laughs> you know, I'm always there. I'm always listening. Everyone thinks I'm on their side, but literally they had no idea because they actually never asked me. But <laughs> I'm always hearing everything. I just don't say nothing to no one. <laughs> yep. So everyone thinks I'm there. I'm on their side, but maybe not. Who knows? That's like every tattooer minus the not telling everybody. I feel like there's so much gossip that goes on. 
what makes you feel like that's an important thing to just stay out of to keep yourself out of that shop gossip? Well, the only drama I take is on TV. So I don't like it in my workplace. I like to work very chill. I like to focus on my work and my client. I like to create like a very friendly environment. So anything comes outside of it, I don't have time for. Like, it's not that I don't want to care, but I, I will care if we are friends. But if we are not actually friends, I'm just going to be like, you know, well, this happened. Now, hopefully it's going to sort itself out. And then I'm just going to go at work. Kind of like this. I mean, it bother me personally. I just feel like it's unnecessary. But whatever. Yeah. Shit happens. You're different people. It's hard being with so many people, you know. Um, but you, you're good at it. I feel like it. I mean, I don't know ever what's going on behind my back. So I will never know. But... <laughs> You know, until I don't know, I'm happy. Yeah. Maybe I don't want to know, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like normally going in and working and then going home. And I try to like be part of the socializing part as much as I can, as much as we have. But um, I'm hoping to be a bit more socializing in Miami. Um, I'm looking forward to um, work with Sue. And... Um, I'm looking forward to have like a, like a mama tattoo friend. I think that's, uh, that's going to be changing a lot. <laughs> I think so. It sounds like that'll be a good thing. Do you feel like your perspective on tattooing has switched a lot since becoming a mom? I've heard other women talk about like just finding it really difficult to even care about their tattoos when they have a new baby at home. It's so weird because when he was very little, then yes. I was like, oh my God, I just just want to be with him all the time, you know? I don't even want to go in. And ah, oh, this tattoo, oh, that tattoo. But then it became like, oh, this is my time. Hell yeah. And you know how they become like harder and harder sometimes to be all day long with your baby. But then also you love them. I'm not saying I'm not, but that was kind of like my me time. It was so relaxing. I could like 100% focus on my tattoos. I just feel like I became... Um, they were active. I don't know how to, but uh, after the new year, I started to tell myself that I'm not going to push away the things I need to do. And I need to do at least one new design, you know, every two weeks, kind of something realistic, not like my client design. That design is just for me. And I'm starting, starting to collect them for this new experience for Miami. And then hopefully soon I'm going to unleash the beast. I schedule my whole day long because I need to. So until seven, I'm his. And after seven till midnight, I can do whatever. You know, I can play video games. I can make some taxidermy. <laughs> I can like, you know, watch some crime or I can design some tattoos and answer my emails. And I just became way more proactive with my tattooing, I think. I, I think you're super on point about like the weird like level of focus that you get having a kid where it's like all of a sudden now I have a time of day where it's like me time and mm -hmm. it used to be all the time was me time so I didn't get anything mm -hmm. done you know For me neither so weird now it's like oh shit this is the only time I can do this so I better actually do it exactly and then you can listen your 
podcast, you can listen to your music, and then you actually super focus and you're like, oh, and then you just like enjoying because no one is like banging metal in your ear or like, you know, you don't need to feed someone in every like two hours and, you know, <laughs> nobody's screaming to like pick me up. And even if those are my favorite things, still like tattooing still is my like, you know, my island. I drift off. Like <laughs> after the the mom duties. Yeah. It's it's nice to have that, you know. Um, like the, just that little thing that like just you find that you really enjoy. So, like I think that's something we as tattooers don't often think about is how actually lucky we are to have a mm -hmm. job that's fun to do when we let it be. Um, you remember how much we used to complain now? I don't even complain anymore. So no. if someone cancels, I'm so happy. Not because they cancel, but then I have the whole afternoon. But if I need to go to work, I'm so happy because then I'm going to do a great thing. And now yeah. I'm looking forward to everything. And back in the time when I had all that time, I was nonstop complaining about everything. Oh, I have no time for anything. And now I'm like, yeah, shit, I don't have time for anything if I don't actually go to work. And I'm, I'm going to go mad, you know? You said at one point that you feel like you're alone a lot of the time. How do you recognize when you're feeling like alone versus just sad? Like what is like that thought going on in your head that lets you know they're different things? And then what, what do you do to kind of pull yourself out of that? When I don't, um, I know like it's going to sound very bad, but I don't, almost ever feel depressed. I do feel sad sometimes, but I think it's a normal thing. Uh, and we can be happy if we don't feel sad. You need to like have the balance. This is something they never tell you. So I'm trying to always be balanced. You know, if I want to cry, I just go and cry. If I know myself, so normally um, I know how to get myself out of it. And obviously my best friend, my husband is always there for me too. So, um, I truly am never um, alone anymore because I have him and I have my son. I always like hold on to them and that always warms my heart. To be honest, like I can be just happy just having them. So, you know, I don't need too much, but um, time to time, I think about those times when I had uh, all my good friends who are like now in Hungary or in the UK or who I have for like 15 to 20 years friendship now, you know? And um, I really, really do get to down to a little dark point sometimes when I'm just remembering all those times, like when they were next to me or I can just call them over. We can just have, you know, a glass of wine or a cigarette and talk about like all the um, hard stuff. And now mainly I just either deal with things by myself or we deal together with my husband and I don't have anyone else normally unless I call up close friends. Like once every two weeks when our schedule can end mine. Uh, but yeah, like um, I, uh, I do get it down, you know, once a year, but um, not like long periods, just, you know, for a day when nothing is how I want it. I just feel sad for myself, but. It must be really, really difficult living on the complete opposite side of the world from a huge portion of the people you know and care about. 
Like, yeah. even if you wanted to call them, you would have to wait up till, you know, three in the morning or they would have to wake up early. My timeline with my, my people is between 9 a.m. and the latest is four. So normally I work on those days, but if I have a day off, I need to like um, choose between talking to my mom and my dad or talking to my friends. So, and my mom and dad, I always need to call them and I not because need to, but you know, I have their grandsons in a different country. I just want to give them their grandson. So we do this since he was like a week old. So my son is used to it and he doesn't feel the difference. So he communicates with him, with them Hungarian. He kisses the phone, you know, he hugs the phone. He's being cheeky with them. Like he's showing them all of what he does. And then he knows my dad's songs, my dad's singing to him and whatever we can do through the camera. Yeah, all part of his life. That's great, you know, to hear people making a relationship with their family work like that. Um, like that's something that I just don't actually have any way of associating with. Like mm -hmm. My family sucks. So it's super cool to just hear that despite the fact that you don't have something that's convenient, you're still figuring out a way to make it work. That's just super lovely. I think a lot of people wouldn't do that. So... I owe this to my family and my son. So I would feel like guilty if I wouldn't do it because I'm already feeling guilty that I'm living in a different country and I'm really taking their only grandson away. Like, and now we're moving to Miami and taking uh, my husband's parent, their only grandson away too. So I'm taking a grandson away from everyone, you know? And then I just feel like um, that I owe them all of this time because of this so it's not easy but uh it came into our schedule so now we are pretty used to it you've mentioned a couple times in this talk about your parents not being like super supportive of you and your mom being like just really hard on you and expecting a lot out of you do you think that caused you to really really put your all into tattooing when you did because like you worked six seven days a week sometimes and it sounded like there were like two different six hour shifts at waitressing and your apprenticeship um yeah so like you worked your ass off to even get to you have a foot in the door let alone yeah. i mean you're a very skilled and you know accomplished tattooer <laughs> do you think that that had a lot to do with it trying to make your mom happy yeah so the thing is like my dad is different he's just normally like loves what we ever want to do he's just okay with it he just wants us to be happy and then my mom is a bit more the, on the criticizing side and it's always hard with her because she's just always very opinionated and she just have and he, she's very very negative okay so i'm very positive and she's very negative and every every time i say like i can do this she's like oh, well i don't think so so <laughs> So this is where I'm coming from. And uh, everyone said when I started this that, well, you know, you're not good enough. And I always kept hearing that I can't, I'm not good enough. Everyone tried to push me down. Uh, there's a lot of jealousy in Hungarians too. Not that I had any talent to be curious about. <laughs> because when I started, literally I started from zero. But I just think if you pushing yourself, you know, I tried to like 
repeat this in my head and it's just pushed me more far and far and still pushes me, you know. I come from like literally a very, very small town from Hungary. A lot of people doesn't even know where that country is or what the situation there or what our neighbor countries or anything about Europe. It's pushed me really hard to show everyone that I can do this and I got it and, and shut up and, you know. If you can't say anything good, then don't say anything. I already want to work on, hard on this. And I and I had these things in my mind, like if I do this tattoo and the outline going to be perfect, then I can do this. I always try to like push myself, like anything you do, just try to make a very good quality of a tattoo and just try to make the people happy. And I did something good. And, you know, I, I try to really, really focus on pushing myself to be better, better, doing different stuff. And even doing realism is not really a common thing for a woman to do. Like there is way more guys in this industry uh, who does yeah. realism. Um, and well, there's just way more guys in this industry, period. Period. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like becoming very, you know, a big variety, uh, variety about um, every gender and you know, anything. But when I started uh, me doing portraits, it was, uh, it was crazy. And yeah. Well, I mean, like you said in your story, you know, everyone expects you to do like cutesy stuff. And I think there's still a lot of women just get like relegated to, they either do neo trad or, or they do doubt work. So. I meet more and more female artists now conventions who are like actually into like horror portraits and you know I really love it like I I would love to have more women I, I still feel a lot of times when I meet with guys who do realism they are a bit off with me like they just don't it's it, it was never the case with you but um there are a lot of other artists out there who I met with and they've been standoffish you know it's like you dude you don't gotta be scared of anything I'm not I'm not biting like you know? I, I'm just going to put this out there since uh, apparently you didn't know. I was scared shitless of you when you first came <laughs> to the shop. Like, super scared shitless. Like, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you were an intimidating person, you know, um, because you you are. You're a talented tattooer doing something that women don't normally do. Um, and yeah, that's just, you know, it, it's a strike zone, you know. Thank you. I don't think about myself anything like that anymore. I always just think like, yeah, I'm uh, the mother of a one-year-old boy. But yeah, I don't know if I should be like, like happy if people are scared of me or if it sh if I should be sad about it. I always look up to everyone's artwork because it's always very different from mine. So even in realism, everyone is so different. Then like people are not just going to choose one over another. You know, they're going to go for your actual style and even if we were next to each other our style never clashed i feel like it because yeah. we do very different realism because with our style it's still so rare that we have always a lot of clients like just because it's really hard to do and we do help people to come across like grieving and you know a lot of other things when we can actually create their their mom's portrait or their dad's portrait you know and that's something is it's very unique, I think. Absolutely. One of the reasons I like you is because we are really similar, not just in the type of work we do being realism, but like you remember the breast cancer uh, survivors mm -hmm. thing. Like I just remember that incident where it had to get canceled because of the bid and nobody wanted to get on it except you and I. 
You're like, well, let yeah. Me, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, um, why not? Help some people, then we can you know, give back to the community, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people stop thinking of something as a good thing when it doesn't benefit them any longer. You know, it was a, yeah. it was fun because like, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to be in like this documentary and you're going to have like news coverage or whatever. And then the second all that cool exposure shit goes away, most people are like, oh, okay, well, fuck it. I, I don't want to work for free for half a day. Um, I didn't I didn't even know that it's going to be a documentary in the beginning. I didn't so I either. I was they only called us like, after we said yes. Yeah, that they're gonna be like a filming team come in because until I was just thinking that it because it it's supposed to be like a pink day, right, or pink yeah. lady day or something like that. That all of the studio tattoo breast cancer survivors or something connection to that their family members, you know. Um, and I did that in the UK too, so I just tried to continue. Um, yeah, but uh, I I really started here the the mastectomy scar cover ups. And you know the the nipple reconstructions. Um, when I got into this topic, that's when I was like, "Oh, I can actually do even more." And if I'm doing realism, I can do realistic nipples. And you know, uh, a lot of ladies losing their nipples, so you can literally give their confidence back. And this is not something I would ever want to charge, obviously, because these ladies suffered. You know. So you enough. do you do all that work for free then when you do that stuff? Yeah. So yeah, if oh, I that's can. Amazing. Uh, book them into my schedule and my last lady should have come in this month but then unfortunately she got some sort of infection so we need to cancel and now I can't fit her in here but I still offered her like you know if she comes to a holiday to Miami I'm still open for this and I'm still gonna try to continue I always offer for one or two ladies a month if I can I never realized that you were doing all those for free oh yeah I do um they still try to like uh, bomb me with tips and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I try not to take even even that, um, unless they very very uh, you know <laughs> aggressively want me to, and then then I'm okay. But no, I don't um, take any payments for them. That's amazing. Do you feel like that like giving back like that gives like an extra level of purpose to? Like you, you have a real gift, you know, whether it's you believe in like God or just in like random chance of the universe, you, you do have one. Um, do, do you, does that knowing that you can give that back to people a little bit, does that help you out? My aunt died during the COVID. Um, unfortunately, because of everything, like, you know, they didn't notice that her cancer came back and then she very quickly gone and she was my my mom literally like I I had way more secret conversation with her and you know uh, she knew everything about me and I used to call her a lot and she knew everything about my relationships and my friendships and I she was just one of my best friends and uh, after I felt even more devastated about the whole topic and how important is the awareness and, you know, it can happen to men too. Um, and, um, you know, it's just something, it's part of our female identity, our female self. And uh, I can't even imagine how hard is it. I mean, losing your breasts, you know, looking yourself in the mirror. Um, 
still trying to uh, be attractive, you know, to your partner um, or just in general, you feel yourself. And there is a lot of people already suffering from like, you know, self-confidence issues and then a cancer hits them even on the top of that, you know, and then they almost die from it and then they lose in their breath. So there's so much to it that why would I want to get money for this? Honestly, I'm just happy that they're still here and that I can give them back some love for their own self and some that's, confidence. That, that's amazing. It's like, yeah, it's an awesome thing to dedicate yourself to. So if you could go back in time and just talk to yourself when you were first getting ready to leave Hungary, what would you tell, you know, that 18, 19 year old self? Well, just to try to pursue my dreams quicker, you know, like I feel like we are the ones who holding ourselves back, you know, like we don't think that we're capable. Uh, however, I think we are capable for even more things that we desire. We just got to work hard on it and, you know, push ourselves hard. I don't think there's too many things you're not capable of doing if you want it, you know, hard enough. That's beautiful. Do you want to just tell the world what you've got planned to come in the next five years or so? You know, what sort of awesome shit you're going to expose the tattoo world to? I really want to get some humor in my work. And I want to do like some quirks on my style, which is really hard nowadays because there's so many cool styles out. And it's very hard to create something new, what nobody done before, right? Um, so that's a big struggle again. <laughs> But I hope I can overcome that. And uh, I'm hoping to do some, uh, you know, kind of dark humor uh, videos. Uh, hopefully I can um, use you as a character in them until we are here. So um, I have a few uh, video ideas already written down for about five videos. And I'm going to download TikTok. I think I need to unfortunately sell myself now because... Uh, I don't reach as many people as I used to. And I just want to be creative in a way that I'm not going to hate myself for doing this. So um, this is the new word. And I guess this old lady is just going to rock out new pavement. And then we will see how I do on my videos. I just want to get like people recognizing my style and maybe build more clientele down in Miami. And then I... Planning to launch my t-shirt company forever. I started that in the Chicago convention and I have everything ready. I just need to do some professional photographs in my t-shirts. So that's still on the works. And um, I really want to open up my own studio at some point. And then we eventually move back home to Europe. But we might really going to love Miami and we end up staying. I don't know. And then we will see the future. But um I have really good feelings about this. So yeah, just keep your eye on me. 